0: Hey friends! Thanks for tuning in today. I've got a great episode planned for you, and I'm so excited to talk about it. Um, today's going to today's topic is going to be about disowning our limiting mindset. Now, I have a question for you: What would you do if you knew you could not fail? I feel like there's so many things I would have done if I had known. That failure wasn't even an option. I think I was taught to always choose the safe, fail-proof route. So everything that I chose was calculated and it was conventional. And a lot of times, that's the choices that we seemed to lean towards, right? It's the choices that everybody else has also chosen. And... Growing up as a kid and then becoming a teenager and then going into high school, you just you have that desire to blend in because you don't want to get singled out. If you're choosing the, the the options that everybody has chosen, say, for example, if it was to be a bad choice then hey, at least everybody else also chose it. So if you're wrong, then you're wrong with the rest of the crowd. Right. And we have this fear. We have this fear to get sing that we would be singled out that would be that we would be mocked for our failures and our flaws and that kind of keeps us in this limiting mindset it keeps us a- keeps us from choosing these choices that have not been proven to be successful or that m- not many have journeyed not many have taken that route and even though even though maybe a huge part like even internally we feel really drawn to it like for example when I was younger I I mean now I still am I have this love for music right and I always thought it would be super cool if I went into a music career if I had a music career or uh an acting career I was such a conventional thinker I was like there's that's not safe that's not a safe career (laughs) choice because only a few make it that's that limiting mindset right and i grew up in a developing country and my parents they really had to work so hard they sacrificed so much to give us everything that we had right and they saved every penny to put us in school or to make sure we had everything that we needed so for them, for their generation, money wasn't enjoyable to them. Money was not seen as a resource. Instead, money as is seen as something that's really, really hard to obtain. A lot of people have shared this mindset, right? They are so scared to spend money or they're trying to save everything. Like they... They're penny pinchers. They, they want to save for retirement. They want to save to buy this house. And so they actually have this guilt of spending money because they also have this fear that money is so easily limit. It's, it's, su- it's such a limiting resource. That's how they view money. And then it easily gets out of their grasp. Now, other people have an even more extreme view of money not only do they think that money is scarce they think that money is evil and it's associated with gluttony so they insult or they ridicule people who have an an excess amount of money in their eyes because they see it as a lack of morality and i notice that the same people who have this type of relationship with money also don't have a lot of it because they refuse to see that money is actually an energy it's a resource right It's a resource for us to use to get us what we actually want. Money isn't the goal. Money is not the goal. I'll say it again. Money is to be used to serve us. I've had to really take a look at my relationship with money because I used to replay that kind of relationship, that kind of just overall fear and anxiety over money, right? I... Hated spending it because I was scared of losing it, and I never felt like I had enough of it. So of course, when my my mindset is that I don't have enough money, I'm always broke. How do you think that you're going to be attracting money? How do you think you're going to attract opportunities to make money? I just hated that every time I would buy something that I actually needed or really wanted, I would feel so guilty about spending it. Like I should have, I should have given this. To my family, I should have just given this amount to my family, or I should have just put this towards this other thing instead, right? And I beat myself up over it. I had to really look at my relationship with money and see it as an ally. What can I do with it? I can use it to travel back home to see my family. I can use it to buy foods I really want to eat, like if I really want to go out, go and do takeout or dine in. I can do that and have a great experience. And I had to see that money is free-flowing, that it comes and goes, and that it's not a resource to be eliciting any negative or even super positive response. It's just a neutral thing. It's a it's a free-flowing energy. So money is one of our biggest limiting beliefs. So what is a limiting belief? Limiting belief is the fear of losing and failing before attempting to even pursue that particular desire. Before we even get this thing, we stop ourselves and we say, oh my gosh, who am I to think that I even am going to get this job? Who am I to think that I can even keep this relationship or stay in this relationship? Relationships aren't for me. We say, this business idea is stupid. Who am I to to think that I can run a business or I can start a business? And the reason why we have these limiting beliefs is because our focus is placed on the goal and not the actual process. So when we focus on the goal, it's so huge. It's massive. It's because we're standing where we are at our current reality or at our current position. And we're looking way out into the future, into this, you know, this, um, elusive, goal that we have in our heads. And we just think there's, there's no way I can reach it. It would take this and this and this and this and this just to get over there. It's, it's not possible. It's just not possible for me. And we talk to ourselves like this all the time. That's kind of how we're taught to think, right? If we think about the education system, like school, how we're being taught to think only one type of way. And college, we're taught to go to college Four extra years to pursue this thing that we might be interested in because it'll offer us more opportunities, right? And then after college, we have to get the job, the job that'll pay well or the job that proves that we're using our degree, even though we ended up not even liking it. But because we've we've walked on this conventional path for so long, it's like, how can you look back and start over, you know? So we stay in the jobs that we don't like and we we are complacent. We stay and we keep doing what we do because it's proven to have results, even though it's not really what we really want to be doing. And so we go to the office and we work from 8 to 5 and we come home and we're tired, but we don't feel like doing anything because we just want to eat and then lay on the couch until it's time to go to sleep. But at the same time, we're also so scared of this. We're scared of losing this job. We're scared of losing the money. We're scared of losing that comfortable yet unfulfilling life, right? So how do we get out of those beliefs that limit us and put a cap on our potential, put a cap on our earnings? We have to be able to see that the process, it's usually the process that brings the most fulfilling life lessons for us. When I look back and think of all the milestones that I have achieved, it's just a thing, right? It's just a thing that happened. But the process of getting there is embedded into my mind. The process of getting a good car, the 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 years that it took for me to get a car that that is reliable, that is good quality that I'm that I love. It's a long process. It took a lot of uh serving people Chinese food, right? <laughs> so many hours of that if i look back and see the process of me getting a good stable corporate job and working at a company that i really do love took a long time and it took a lot of tears and a lot of sweat let me tell you we have to stop focusing on the goal so much you know you hear you hear that quote um i don't remember which dictator said it or is it even a dictator i I don't know but he said that the ends justify the means right so whatever method we do whatever method we decide to to utilize it'll all be worth it because the goal is worth the methods but how about we say the means justify the end so we say that it's how we got there it's all those life lessons that we accumulated for us to be where we are at now and so how do we how do we persist right we start with this this belief we stop feeding it because the more fuel we add to the negative thought the more energy we're feeding it and it's the likelihood of it actually playing out if you show up scared that, that energy, that anxiety, it's, it's going to affect your performance, professionally especially, but in other areas as well. There's no reason for us to be scared of losing the things that we have, the good things that we have, if we believe that we are a match for the good things in our life lives. That means that you have to be consistent with what you do have, and you have to show up consistently to the tasks on hand senior year for me in high school was literally the most stressful thing i've one of the most stressful times of my life because first of all my family had no money to send me off to college in america right we had no idea how i was going to get there they've spent 12 years paying for tuition that they could barely afford at an international school one of the top schools in in the nation and now that it's ending we're like how are we possibly going to be able to afford college in america right it was so big the goal was so far and my mom she, my mom she's just she's standing she's standing there at her current state, and she's looking at the far future ahead, and she's like, it's going to take this, and it's going to take this step, and it's going to take this step, and it's going to take this step to get there. And, and she said, there's no way. There's no way because there's no money. But yet, I still showed up. I was still consistent. I got the grades, took my SATs twice. I interviewed, and I got that F-1 visa, right? And it was like, when I got that visa, it was like the path started to clear. And when you prove yourself to be worthy of the journey ahead, right? Of that goal that you so want. When you are consistent and you show up, it's things start aligning, right? Things start aligning in your path. Because, because let's say, what if I agreed with my mom, right? What if I said, oh my gosh, I, I'm not going to be able to afford college there's there's no way I'm going to be able to go to college in America I'm pro- I would have probably still been in Cambodia to this day I probably would have just been there I, p- I wouldn't have taken the SATs I wouldn't have gone to the the interview which was the scariest thing I had it's the scariest thing I ever did in my entire life was walking into that immigration office and he just looked at it for two minutes which felt like an eternity by the way and he gave me my visa, he approved it, but it took me having to consistently show up, right? So when the universe presents you with positive, good things in your life, a lover, an amazing lover who cares for you and loves you, a great job with great benefits. or a prize possession, a really good treasure you found. It's a test. It's all it is. It's a test. Money is free flowing, right? It doesn't cost the universe anything to have it put in your path. But are you a match for it? That's the actual question. That's what you need to figure out. Can you be good stewards of of what you've been given? If you're not a match, the good will remove itself from your life. It's, It's regression at its finest. The good things in your life will not stay if you're not a match for it. If you've proven that you're not a match for it. But if you consistently show up, you get to keep it and you get to expand on it. I was able to go to college in America, right? With literally $1,000 in my luggage or in my carry-on. That's all I had. (laughs) That's all the money I had to go to college. I tried in college, right? I graduated. I interned at the courthouse. I did volunteer work to build my resume. And when I was finally able to work, I was applying everywhere that would give me, that would make my resume stand out. And now I have a great job with great benefits and pays well. But it took me going through all that. It took me having to keep proving and proving and proving myself that, yes, I am a good steward of what I've been given. Yes, I am responsible. Yes, you can trust me. Yes, universe, the universe can trust me. With these good things. You have to recognize that what you have is a good thing too. You have to be able to maintain it. You have to be able to expand on it, right? It's like an investment. You it's 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 a stepping stone. Everything that you have is guiding you to something greater. So when you have a negative thought, when you have a limiting belief, I'm just starting out my podcast, right? And my limiting belief is what if What I say isn't worth hearing. Is that helpful? Is it giving me energy to act on it or be productive? No. No, it actually, it's such a low frequency. It affects me so negatively. It makes me not want to do anything. You just have to make sure you're not feeding into that thought, right? You have to make sure you are showing up and being a match for it and being a good steward of it. One of the best examples of having to be a match... Is when you're dating, right? Or when you're looking for a partner. I remember I was writing a list after my failed relationship. I wrote a list of what I wanted, what I actually wanted, I thought, long and hard. And I had that list written out. And then I said, and then I thought, I don't even deserve it. I don't even deserve this person on this list because. I'm not even doing half of the things on the list. So I had to turn inwards and I had to look at myself and examine my shadows and my ego. And I have to ask myself the hard question. How can I be a match to who who I want to be? So if you're looking for a relationship and you want someone who is responsible, someone who is honest, Someone who is kind and patient. Someone who is, did I say loyal already? Um, all these good qualities. Someone who is committed to their own growth. That was, that was the one thing that was a big thing on my list. I only had a couple things on there, really. Um, you don't really have to have that long of a list because if you know what to look for, it kind of, it's all encompassing. But one of the big, What probably the biggest thing on my list was that someone who was committed to their own personal growth. And I thought, well, that means I have to be 100%, 1000% committed to my own personal growth. And I was doing it. But then I also saw some areas in my life where I I really was just doing whatever the hell I wanted, right? And so I had to turn inwards and make sure that I was following that rule. And that rule was for myself. And in a way, it made... (laughs) It made me find self-love because I was putting all this work on myself. And I think I was the most grateful to myself when I learned how to re-regulate my nervous system, when I could sit in my own sadness, in my own emotions, without trying to look for help externally and that I was okay with self-sourcing. So yeah, do not be afraid of of losing or failing, right? Because you don't want to sell yourself, you don't want to sell yourself short. It's good to have goals and it's good to have a vision, but put value in that process, the process of getting there, because that's what you're going to remember more than anything. And be a match, be a match for everything that you want. So thank you so much for listening. I I hope you got some things out of this. Please, if you haven't already, please give me a follow. I'd really appreciate it. And if you have any feedback, please uh, message me on Instagram. Thank you. Bye.